After the Whistle, the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan all season, every week, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. Patty, big weekend for you, bud. It was a big one. It was a big one. Uh, apologies <laughs> to everyone out there for the one-day delay. I spent the weekend in Liverpool with Tom, and I was in no condition to record yesterday when I got home after midnight. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> so, um, I would sum up this game as a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome yep. one. Yep. What? Yeah, like you know what? We didn't get the five points that I wanted, but I'll take four, dude. I was I was gonna say like <laughs> obviously we were all doom and gloom after the four four three against Forge, and you know maybe it was unwarranted, but like it, what a, what a turn for this one. The four out of the five points that we wanted, and I mean realistically, it could have been more as well. Yeah. But hey, you know we still went away to Forge and Pacific, and you know got a point out of one of them, so not too bad, is it? No, not not at all, honestly. Um, and Pacific is red hot right now, and we managed to draw them with the type of game that we that we played, yeah. <laughs> Starlight. <laughs> uh, and like top of the like, let's talk about running away with the league right now. Like they're they're what like four, oh. five points up the top with a game in hand or something like that. Like it's, yeah, it's absurd. they're tw- yeah they're five points up uh, with. Uh, two games in hand <laughs> on, so, on some teams, yeah, <laughs> and a GD of plus twelve. So. Absurd. GD of plus twelve, and the closest is Cavalry with four. So yes, <laughs> yes. no, they yes. are absolutely running the show right now, and yeah. we nicked a draw away. We sure did. We sure did. Um, and like Sam Salter scoring that first goal, nineteen minutes in, was probably one of the cleanest counterattacks we've seen all season from our yep. team. I would say. Yep. Yep, yep, one of. I mean, that one, and I, and I think Verhoeven against Vancouver yeah. Yeah. Um, would be the another another one. But uh, yeah, I mean, talk about talk about being sort of disadvantaged. Let's go through the list of players we were missing this week. If we talk about on international duty, we were, duty we were missing Luke Singh, we were missing Malcolm Shaw. Yep. We didn't travel with Max Tissot, and we didn't travel with Gianni DeSantos. So all four of these players start. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are all starting 11 players. So we're going away to the runaway league leaders away from home after, after, you know, five days previously playing Forge and with essentially a B team yeah. starting, the, starting the likes of Gabriel Antonoro, starting the likes of uh, Abubakari Sako. And we still managed a point. Yeah. So you know what? Not a, not a lot to complain about this week, honestly. No. Um, no. I, I, I know last week we were... Some people might say a bit harsh, uh, but I, I, I do think that we were in a completely different place last week than we were this week. Because when we talk about the performance, I mean, the, it's it's night and day as far as performance on the field. Um, I felt mm-hmm. like this game was a lot more um, consistent for both yep. halves. Yep. Um, and it was a little bit of shades of, of last year's ATO, I think. Um, it was kind of that absorbing absorbing and then counterattacking mm-hmm. uh, type play that we had come to expect last year from, from every game. And, uh, you know, surprising no one, both Pacific goals were off set piece corner kicks, which, you know, we suck at defending against anyways, but they didn't score any really like open play goals, which I think says a lot about how, like how, how strong our defensive performance was in this match. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I, you're, you're so right when you said this kind of looked like last shades of last season's ATO. I found like it was shades of last season's ATO and then also shades of 2021 ATO with those goals that we had given up. Like last yeah. year, we last year, we probably win that game 2 0. Same so, stats yeah. all around, same Just stats all around, but we probably win it 2 0. Yeah. So 
I mean, at least we're getting back into a into a, a groove where we can keep 32% possession and only complete 50% of our passes and still nick points away. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, I mean, like if you look at the stats, uh, it we, Pacific should have handedly won this match with with the caliber of players that they're fielding, with how well they're playing this season. Like this mm-hmm. should have been a blowout based on strictly on the stats. If you look at them. Um, but you know what? This is a bit of vintage ATO, and uh, I am here for results like that. <laughs> but also, let's look. Let's look at some of these, though. They had two big chances. We had two big chances. You know, yeah, yeah, Johnny, they, yeah had, they, they had they had thirteen shots, and we had three. They had thirteen shots to our three, but they yeah. had four shots on target to our three. Yep. Right. So I mean, yeah. who, who's getting frustrated and taking pot shots from outside the box? Is that that? That's not domination to me. I mean, I think the, the thing that surprised me the most was was the pass percentage. Like yeah. we put up 57 percent pass percentage, 53 <laughs> percent in the first half. <laughs> like and and and, you know, Pacific put up what, 81 percent. Like that's a that's a huge difference in a game. That's a huge difference. That that's every, a huge basically, difference. you might as well say every other pass is going either out or to the other team. And somehow we managed to counterattack for yeah. two goals. And I mean, that, that is, you know, a thing that I noticed multiple times, you know, we still, we still do the cheap giveaways like we were mm-hmm. doing against forge as well, that we were sort of complaining about last week. But it was but, weird um, that the Pacific wasn't able to capitalize on them because again, you know, they're, they're, they're extremely, extremely offensive this season. And I think we all expected it from forge, but I expected a little bit more from Pacific. And I was mm-hmm. delighted when they couldn't do anything with the ball, even when they got it, which was excellent. Well, I, I mean, I think this goes down to that we played a defensive masterclass. We were compact. Mm. We were small. We were narrow. Um, Acosta went back to, the, to his right back position that his favored. Um, Neba playing a, a defensive left back and actually put in a great game as well. Yeah. W- Wimet probably putting in his one of his best games. I would say his best this season probably. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Espeo having a masterclass until the card. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, the we card just, was a masterclass. <laughs> it was a masterclass. Yeah, we'll talk about, we'll talk that about it later. later. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think we just it, it was it was a perfectly coached game. And, yep, you know, that's yep. the, how we used to talk about the team and how we used to talk about cargo last season. Um, and we just sort of we, we we're back to this now. And yeah, which is which is nice to talk about, yeah. you know, in a week, even because even even talking about a draw like this match, it's. It's not the 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 exciting blowout win five nothing against Vancouver so that mm-hmm. we can gush about. Yeah. But when you look at like the fact that we got beat on every single shooting and passing stat, <laughs> Johnny, we had sixty passes in our half and sixty six in their half. <laughs> they had almost. They, no, they did. They had four hundred and seventy two passes. We had two hundred <laughs> and change. <laughs> yeah, they had one hundred ninety seven passes in our half. We had 126 accurate passes the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just again, when you look at something like that, you're like, man, like I don't understand. Um, and then, and then you know, you look at our defensive effort, and we pretty much handedly, you know, clashed with them extremely well on every single defensive stat. Yeah, we won 78 percent of our tackles with 17 interceptions. Yeah, and 31 I mean, clearances. So it, go, you know, it goes to, to show games. that that you know, playing this type of football, um, if 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 you're mentally strong and you're back on the wagon and you're, and everyone is pushing in the same direction, you can get results. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's almost like the only way to get results against a team like this. Let's be real. Who else is going to go to starlight and, 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 you know, and, and grab a point against this team and only give up two goals, you know, cheaply at that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely not forge right now. I mean, maybe, maybe York, the way York's been playing lately, but oh. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, it was you're right. It was a it was a compact masterclass uh, in the back four, I think, which is nice because last week it was not. <laughs> yeah. 
So whatever Cargo did in the five days between these two games, I think it uh, it made a huge difference. And and I think you're right. I think putting maybe some new players in, moving some players back to positions that they're a little bit more comfortable in, mm-hmm. um, it really made a difference. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I I think you know, <clears throat> la- last game we had talked about um, about Tiso's performance mm-hmm. and leaving leaving him home and then putting Nebo in as a defensive left back like made all the difference. And yeah. we talked about we talked about this earlier when uh, when Nebo put in the left back master class against Forge in the cup as well. It's like sometimes this formation just works if if all cylinders are are firing. Yeah, and uh, you know, and yeah, that's they what sure we saw. Were. Honestly, they that's really we were this Friday. Week. Yeah. Talk about standouts. Like, who else do you think did did really good? I, I honestly, I I can't really think of many many poor performances. Um, I mean, Ollie Bassett obviously put in. I yeah. think a, a pretty pretty excellent game. Uh, yeah. The setup for Salter for the opening goal, perfect. Um, I, can I we, actually can we talk about like <laughs> <laughs> the vision for that pass? Yeah, the vision for the through ball. He had two choices. He picked the right one, and then even even Sammy uh, uh, sweeping inside across the front of the defender, and then nicking it into the far corner post with his weak foot. Yeah, because because I think, but I think that's also classic Ollie Bassett that we've seen all season. Is he's mm-hmm. not really a selfish player. I don't yeah. think yeah. he he ha- he had a look. He had two options. He could either cut in and take the shot himself, or he could kind of do like a cheeky little back pass to to Sammy Salter and squeeze it past the defender. And I think he made the right call. Um, and it really just showed his game sense. It showed what he's brought to this team last season and this season. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, man, <laughs> I love what happened between him and Kieran Basket on the penalty kick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, if you haven't heard what he said, like, listen to this clip of Ollie uh, after the game. Yeah, let's run it. I saw the number four from you. Mate, that was your fifth goal. So are you either not remembering how many goals you've scored or is that something else I'm not picking up? Uh, no, the the keeper was telling me that Sam should have taken it because he went for seven for seven last year. So I, I just reminded him that I'm four for four from the spot in this league. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Ollie. Four for four on pens, baby. Yeah, you got to love how hard he shushed Kieran Basket on that yeah. pen. No, I guess, I mean, it's it's funny because like, yeah, if you're a goalie, like maybe don't don't try and talk down to one of the best players in the league on penalty kicks. Um, you know, I get, and the, I get you know, everyone, everyone, yeah, you want to get in his head. You want to get in their head. Right. And of course, like doing it in a way that's like hyping up your old teammate and Sam Salter, obviously, as they both yeah. were at Halifax last season um, is, you know, a way to do it, but no, it Ollie's certainly didn't work. <laughs> it no, certainly, certainly did not did work. Not work. Because yeah, the little four, <laughs> and then he shushed and put his fingers in his ears to the fans, and I was like, ah, oh, love, love that man. Um, he and on some loves, of that, he must love scoring at Starlight, dude. Oh my god, I bet on his old team that like barely played him. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, he also put up some impressive stats: eighty-three percent pass accuracy, four passes in the final third, seven recoveries. Like honestly, man, great, great week for Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, three ground, yep. three out of three ground duels, one drew, two fouls. Um, but yeah, oh, getting 80, 83% accurate passes um, in, a, in a team that only had 57% accurate passes. <laughs> yeah, he was the most accurate passer in our team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it only makes sense that he got both the Gatorade player of the match and the player voted fan player of the match. So there you go. Great work this week, Ollie. You'll yeah. love to see one, one thing. One thing that I love to see is dis, dis, dispossess zero times. Yes. Because this is, this is a, this is a, you know, some games this season that's been about three or four. Um, yep. and seeing a nice, nice, solid goose egg next to that is fantastic. Perfect. 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 <laughs> the strength that we need in the middle of the park. And I mean, 
Um, you know, if we want to talk about another standout, do you want do you want to talk a little bit about Bahus? I want to talk a little bit about Yeah, let's Bahus. talk about Bahus. If we want to talk about like the midfield structure with Acosta going back to the right back, I thought that that uh, Zach Bahus is absolutely staking a claim for starting 11 material in this team. But he had already like and, and again, last year he staked a claim for it just by virtue of being under 21, but mm-hmm. I think giving him almost an entire season of professional level play at 21 years old really seasoned Zachary Abuhus to come in this season and and absolutely pick up that starting role. Every perf- almost every performance we've seen all season from Bahus has been good. It's been so solid, so solid. Yeah. One out of one tackles, one, two out of two successful dribbles, Z- dispossessed zero times. Like we said last week, we would not have seen these numbers from him last season. He was a little bit like Bambi out there. He'd lose the ball. Um, he's a little yeah. you know not as confident or maybe just not as com- more complete of a player. But like him at twenty two. Twice the player he was at 21, and I'm loving yeah, cool. to see it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Verhoeven's going to have to step it up if he wants some starting 11 uh, spots because, you know, Bahus isn't giving that up easy. I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Bahus put, put in a hell of an effort this week. Yeah. Um, um, who else is on your standouts? I would, I would put Carl Wiemet up here. Uh, he yep. had a hell of a yep. defensive match this he week. He sure did. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching him kind of be more comfortable in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a shaky performance last week, I think mm-hmm. his passing could still use some work. Um, yeah. But so could everyone else's apparently on the team. <laughs> but he also, you know, he went he went four for four on tackles, a block shot, seven clearances, three headed clearances, three interceptions, and six recoveries. Yeah. And he was and four for four on ground deuce. So yep. and committed zero fouls and zero fouls. So you know what? He like, didn't put I, a foot wrong. He didn't. He didn't. And I think that that's the kind of performance that I want to see from Carl Wingmat. And we we've mm-hmm. seen it, you know, in the past a little bit. Um, but I, I would like to really just see him keep those stats up going forward. <clears throat> yeah. I mean that like those stats that that's like, you know, of the best of Drew Becky's performances last season type of stats. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is, this is kind of the like for like switch with Drew that we wanted in, in mm-hmm. Womet, right? So yeah, no, I think he's reached probably his final form with, with, with a, a game like that. And we just sort of want to keep that up. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I, I, honorable mention. I've got to. I've got to shout out both Diego and King Nate <laughs> in the dying minutes of the second half. Um, you can't not like. Yeah. I don't think either of them had a particularly amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't give them credit for basically saving that match for us. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we got to talk no. about Diego's red card. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was. It was a typical Atletico move. Yeah. That's something that it's so, like, it so is though. That's the kind of stuff you'd expect from like Luis Suarez. Right. That is that is the type of thing that Simeone would would absolutely high five him off the pitch, even if he was the opposing coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was perfect. I mean, I think that he saw that the defense was beat. He saw that you know, arguably Nate Ingham was going to be beaten. Mm-hmm. So he just made the cha- the decision to grab Daniels by the shoulder in the jersey yep. and pull him down, which yep. is, you know, it's, it's for sure a straight red the way that it happened. But I mm-hmm. think that it was a very intelligent straight red, which we haven't always seen from Diego. But I think, again, it goes to show that that the team is maturing a little bit, especially the younger players, because yeah. that was that was to me a smart foul, not like yeah. a really dumb, stupid, you know, smooth brain foul that we saw from him sometimes last last year. Well, it was a smart move for a 20 year old to make. Right. I mean, it, yep. it's some some people wouldn't wouldn't uh, uh, do the risk reward calculations in their head that quickly. Right. They may try and run back and then slide tackle him from behind. Yeah. And then, you know, that's a violent conduct red. That's a three game red. 
So yeah. um, for him to just draw the professional foul and you know what? He also did it properly and was unjustly had a penalty given against us because that was true in because the box. contact was, yeah, contact first contact was made outside the box. And if yeah. you, I mean, any of you guys have been on Twitter, you see the screen grab where the contact was first made. And it's right, right outside the circle at the top of the 18. Yeah. So, I mean, again, probably the wrong call. I think it was for sure a red card mm-hmm. in this case. Um, but you know what? Having Nate, Ingham saved that pen, especially because it was that doofus Josh Hurd. Oh my God, so sweet! I can just imagine how Diego would feel like in the in the concourse on the way to the locker room, oh watching God, that yeah. happen. Yeah. It, okay, so, so Adabe posted a clip in the oh, group yeah, chat yeah. after that. It was it was the, it was, it was, the, it, was it was Suarez in the after the Ghana game when he had the handball and they got the straight red and then they got the pen and they missed it. <laughs> He's celebrating like they just won the whole tournament. That was that was Diego after that for yeah, sure. So you know what, Diego? Uh, I gotta say, mucho gracias enjoy the time off enjoy, enjoy a game off <laughs> enjoy a game it. off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably have um i believe we're gonna have both malcolm and luke sing back so yeah we met luke sing cb pairing so we'll be fine which we'll talk about later yeah so we will be fine um yeah um who else do we want to big up here i mean sammy salter probably his one of his best games yep. as a striker you know yep. i mean that I, that move for the goal was you know the most striker-ish thing that he's probably done in our colors well, and he he almost had a second goal too later on in the, mm-hmm. in the second half that uh, yeah. basket had to make a quick save on so yes yep. i i would agree sammy salter put up a good game yeah which was nice and drawing the pen too and yep. drawing the pen that was such a striker move dude that was but that was a dive like for sure but he sold it like a champ and uh, yeah but, but uh, i think he's, i agree with you he sold it like a champ but he managed yeah. to sell like a champ twice and retain possession of the ball in between yep. and i was like yep. that's yeah that's the sam salter that i think we all wanted to see yep and, and I, I really just want him to keep doing that so i'm yep. really hoping that the you know this performance uh as well as the performance against vancouver two games ago i really i'm just hoping that this is going to be the sam salter we see going forward instead yep. of you know the sam salter we saw earlier this season and I mean, obviously, there's still room for improvement. You know, like only you know zero for eight for aerial duels is is yeah. pretty bad when you're as tall as him. But um, but I mean, it's he really was, hard to complain when when you make up for it with other parts of your game, right? Like yeah. he like he did on Friday. So no, great yeah. game for Sammy. Um, I think Malcolm's gonna have some competition when he gets back. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see uh yeah. to see where they go for the yeah. for the next few games anyway. Yeah. I don't know if you can all hear this at home on Spotify, but it is thundering like crazy here in Montreal right now. <laughs> can you hear that through your headphones? Uh, oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Jeez, the lightning too. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so who was maybe a little less than Stellar? Sacco this week. Not great. Honestly, I was excited to see him back in the lineup. Yeah. We talked about him having to maybe fill a role in, especially after we saw the the couple of players that weren't going to be traveling to Starlight this week. Yeah. Um, his stats were just not great. I, yeah. I you know three for eight passes, seventeen touches, over two dribbles, one for five on ground duels. Like, yeah, he was just consistently outplayed, and it sucks because Pacific is such a high press, high attacking team. Yeah. Uh, but I just I don't again I don't think that you can excuse your entire performance based on the team you're playing. Yeah. Um, so I just wish that he had put out maybe a little bit more effort this week. Um, I know but also, that, uh, I'm not singling him out as an individual player. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I also because Cargo yeah. even said in the post-match, um, you know, he's still getting used to playing this amount of minutes. Um, yeah, I think he so. And I, he hasn't I, had a, lot a whole of lot of minutes yet in this league, yep. right? I mean, this this kid is, what, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old? Like, he's an international yeah. under-21-year-old player who's, you know, in a brand-new environment, new country. 
playing on weird surfaces, not getting lots of minutes. It's going to be some growing pains. I mean, this is definitely you know, a longer term project. So it's not crazy. It's not insane to think that he's not, you know, putting up world class numbers right away. No, but I also don't think he had a particularly like egregious game. I just think he just wasn't that great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, and then sure. if I had to say anyone else, I would probably go to the other side of the pitch and say Assy this week. The other flank, yeah. Um, yeah, he just yeah, his positioning was a bit suspect for mm-hmm. most of the game. Um, and then his passing stats, like everyone else, not great. Mm-hmm. Dispossessed twice, one for six on ground duels, plus two fouls with not a lot to show for it. Like, I don't yeah. mind if you're drawing fouls, like smart fouls. I just don't think any, any of the fouls he drew were that, you know, smart. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like so, zero, zero chances created is a rough one too. When you're supposed well, to be like that explosive winger that's going running down the wing and like you know putting yep. balls into the box for somebody. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So and he's, he was dispossessed twice as well, which is not great. Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking that you know in the coming weeks maybe Howarth needs to get a few starts, um, just to sort of bring another yep. dimension because I mean we've also been playing Assy a lot, right? And Maybe it's time yeah, maybe to, that uh, and maybe yeah, maybe that's the switch out is is start Carl and then swap Assy in later on in the game might be you know a little bit more of a to bring on a little bit more raw speed and, and finesse. Well, especially because he's probably he's probably the fastest guy in the team. So I mean, the same way we talk about Verhoeven coming on late for fresh legs to run out of defense, you know, we could be bringing Assy on late to run out yeah. fresh, with fresh legs at a tired defense too. So yeah. maybe something that we need to look into doing. Yeah, but if you're listening out there, Valor. No, we're not going to do that. That's a that's a bad idea. Don't don't think that's going to happen. Don't plan for that. Um, areas of improvement. I I don't even want to say it again. Aside from the obvious, which is defending set pieces, we just, oh God, we're so bad at defending set pieces, and it's it's frustrating because it's not just free kicks. It's it's corn. It's literally any even throw ins. I worry about us defending against. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough because this team is is. You see, you see flashes of, of brilliance out there on the pitch, yeah. and then sometimes you see just a, a bit of a jumbled mess. And I find a lot of times the jumbled mess comes from set pieces. Yeah. Um. So I would say I, I I'm not gonna beat that horse to death because I think it's already dead and buried. Mm-hmm. Um. But if I was to pick anything else this match, I would say we need to massively clean up our passing. Mm-hmm. It's two games in a row. The last two games we've averaged a combined pass percentage of 68, <laughs> percent which is not. Great. I think Amazing. again in this in this case, I think it got we got lucky. It didn't cost us the match, but yeah. it easily could have. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I. Th- I think that's a different story. Next game. Um. I mean, it's it's Forge and Pacific away, right? So we're obviously going to be on the back foot the whole game. Um. Yes, we can clean it up. Like we say, there's some cheap giveaways, some egregious cheap giveaways as well. But um, I guess these are the type of games that we have to expect a lower passing percentage. But, but also, I do still like, agree we have to clean it up. Yeah, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying I'm not expecting 90% passing. But yeah. I, it's those cheap giveaways. It's those passes to nowhere or they're just like weak passes that get intercepted. It's just that's got to stop, I think. Yeah, you know, like Neba doing a little back heel to nobody and that just, you know, releases them on a break is the stuff that we need to not do anymore. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, um, I do. I want to call out the set pieces because the first one, obviously, you know, TMG is like, we need to go back to set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> TMG is a massive man. You know, uh, yes, yes. we don't have the tallest team, so it's not completely unthinkable that especially with the beauty of a ball in like Salouf gave that he's going to be the first one to it. Um, I was one, so sad. I was ex- so sad when we didn't sign Mayor Jaguar. I was so sad. I know. Yeah, me too. That one, this one you can excuse. The second one, I don't think you can. Everything about that was, first of all, nobody was ready. 
Like Ingham literally ran across the net like after the ball was released because they we weren't ready setting up. Like it was a corner yeah, taken it was, quickly. It was an Olympico, <laughs> but like not a nice one. Like it wasn't like an Ollie Bassett hooking Olympico. It was just kind of like the goalie was out of place. So was the defense. And then it just went into the net. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that I want to point out that Sam Salter literally ducked away from the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It was coming towards his head. He was standing on the near post and he literally ducked out of the way of it and then the ball went in. So, And he knew that because in all subsequent set pieces, he absolutely got right in there in the wall and then made sure to you know get his face <laughs> in the way and like yeah. he, he knew that he had screwed up and yep. you, you, love, you love to see when they know and, the, and then they try to make right afterwards because I mean well, how frustrating! Game, right? But again, how frustrating game. would that be, right? You score a goal oh, nineteen sure. minutes in, you bring your team up against the number one team in the league, yeah. and then you ducking is the reason they go down two one, right? yeah, like exactly. right after halftime. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I get, I get it. And like we said, he came back and won the pen, and then uh, and then he did won, won us the point really. So, so little nitpicky great, great, things. Great, great work out there, Sammy. We yeah. like to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, moment of the match. Uh, I gotta say, the entirety of Diego's red card. That entire yeah. play was. <laughs> Oh my god, chef's kiss. Like yeah. spectacular. Josh Hurd, and then watching Josh Hurd blow that penalty. Like Nate made the save, but it also was not a great penalty kick. It wasn't great. Uh, and uh Nate made the save and he kept his his foot on the line, which yeah, uh, you know, yep. there's some keepers in this league might want to take note and uh you know take some advice yeah. from there. Or maybe yeah, not, because apparently everyone can get away with it. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Not not <laughs> specifically talking about any keepers, but you know who you are out there. You know who you are. But yes, no, it was great. Um, um, obviously, saving a last-minute save to oh, draw that game was just, that feel? oh my god. It's, it's all the adrenaline you could ever ask for. Yeah, and then he laid right on top of the ball. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> hold on to it. <laughs> it's done. It's over. Especially, yeah. when, especially when now we're, you know, now we're, we're a man down. And, uh, yeah, that was 85 minutes, I think, is, is 84, 85 minutes. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so we great, still great, great, work, great work by Nate. Great work by Diego. Yeah. What, like what about you? You got anything else other than that? Um, there's just the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, also that. I was like, yes, <laughs> waste that time. I know this ref is not going to put like 18 minutes of time back on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was such a it was such a like calamity of players. <laughs> oh my god, it was insane. It was insane, and like it was chippy. It was chippy yep. too. Like those players were, you know, were whacking at each other. They were yelling at each other. Like you could tell, you could tell there was some bad blood there. Like this is, this is turning into a bit of a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's, it's as big a rivalry as we have with some of our teams, yeah. but I think that that proved that there definitely is something there. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Bruce was smart. I think the commentators talked about it uh, during the game. He was smart enough to go and talk to the referee pretty much immediately after to explain the fact that this shouldn't be a pen, which it shouldn't have been, yeah, um, because the contact occurred outside the outside the eighteen yard box, yeah. Um, but you know we don't have VAR, so we can't exactly yeah. make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. That was it was it was both funny and like again classic Atletico just did a shit housery <laughs> to run the clock down, yeah, exactly. knowing full well that they're, <laughs> they're like got a penalty. So. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and I mean. Also, like, I was seeing so many comments, like, you know, complaining about that. It's like, oh, like, if they actually had played football, what, Johnny, like, they probably would have won the thing. Right? Are you kidding are you me? People complaining? Pacific no. fans? All Pacific I have to fans say, complaining? What? All I have to say is, <laughs> you mad, bro? Yeah. Are you mad, kick, bro? Kick rocks, bro. <laughs> so, um, 
And also, let, let's be real here. Gennaro Daniels should have also been sent off with two yellows. So we should have went. We should have been ten against ten by the end of that game. Yes, we should have. Why he was so angry at Tier Walker? I'll have no clue. He got the first yellow for absolutely whipping that kid in the face with the elbow, and then he should have <laughs> yeah, gotten the second that, yellow yeah. for doing the same thing. I'm like, this is this young man's like second professional minute in his career. Why do you hate him so much? What did he do to you? <laughs> Yeah. So maybe what we're saying right now for everyone out there is we're saying that he deserved to be dirt napped by Diego. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG mailbag. Another big one this week. Yeah. Real hefty mailbag this week. Welcome to the mailbag section of the podcast, everyone. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of real hot takes, lots of questions, lots of stuff. You know, this, uh, this is the kind of stuff we like to see in the mailbag. Um, it's one of the best parts about being a member of the Capital City Supporters is that you get an entire section of the podcast that is just for you to send us whatever you want and we'll read it and talk about it. Yep. So, Johnny. Yep. I'm going to hit you with the first one. Pacific is the team to beat. How happy should we be with a draw, even if it was seemingly a very winnable game? Extremely. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, last year we probably would have won that game because we wouldn't have made those mistakes. But this year isn't last year. And in the context of this year, I think that this team showed a lot of character to finish out that game with the one point. I think it was everything yeah. we want to see from this team going forward. It's a real momentum builder. I agree with that. Yeah. Easy answer. Easy. Um, speaking <laughs> just, of. Just the underhanded pitch to start off. The no, exactly. Nice softball. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Yeah, um, go for it. ATO seemed to be playing a much more familiar strategy this game. Do you think Cargo purposefully played terrorism football this week? Yes, I think he, I think he did. I think that with the players that were currently missing, um, essentially we're missing three, maybe to three to four starters. Um, from our starting 11, I think that he looked at what he had available and made the right decision to play a bit of park the bus classic 2022 ATO football. Yeah. Um, I think that it was extremely effective. Uh, and we saw we saw it in the result. Like when you're talking like Johnny, we had bro, we had in the first half, we had 28 percent possession. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we went in 1-1 at halftime. So yeah, to go into the half 1-1, I think, just really shows the type of football we were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't do that much better in the second half. I mean, 36% possession. But, you know, the defensive stats say it all. We had nine tackles to their two in the second half, yeah. six interceptions, 15 clearances. So we yep. basically averaged 15 clearances a half, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, I do, I, I do think that Cargo knew what he was doing. And this was, again, peak terrorism football. Not Qatar beating Mexico terrorism football, but pretty <laughs> yeah, close. Let's be real. You all saw that probably. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that didn't, it was just just Google the stats. <laughs> yeah. We, could, we wouldn't be able to p- properly explain it. No. Um, with Zapater, which Ooh. I believe that is how you pronounce his name because I heard people saying it on the social media all week. Oh, um, with Zapater and Del Campo on the roster this week, what do you guys think the starting 11 will look like against Valor? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we're going to do, I think it's going to be a 4 5 1 again. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, I'm going to say we met. Neba. Well, obviously, Nate. Nate's gonna be a net, and then it's gonna be we met Neba. Probably Antonaro to start as well. Um, 
and then do, maybe Tiso. Do you think the new ones walk in? Do you think? Do oh you yeah, think Z- Do you think Zapatero and Del Campo walk into this? Okay, this so team? I think Zapatero for sure. Del Campo is yeah. a bit more of a bit more of a coin toss, because yeah. um, he's a younger guy. You know, Sammy's coming off of a really good game. Yeah. Um, but I for sure one thousand percent think Zapatero is going to start. There's no yeah. way we bring a player in of that caliber and don't start them immediately. Yeah. Um, and I'm I for one am super excited to see him out there. So yeah, I would say. We're gonna do four five one. It's gonna be Ingham in the Ingham in net, obviously. It's gonna be Tiso on the left, Neba and Womet and Acosta, probably Wilmette I think Acosta, that's, that's yeah. gonna be the back four. And then uh in the mids we're gonna see uh Bassett, Zapater, and maybe, maybe I'm saying Carl Bruce. on the wing. And then I'm, Carl and Bahus, maybe I can see that. And then DeSantos on the left, I think you he think probably so? comes back. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then I think I think we put Salter at the top again. You think start. Salter starts again? Yeah. I, I think, think that's so. a good show. After, after this game, like yeah. again, two out of three games that he's had had good performances. Um, but I'm super excited. Like to me, this question is so good because it perfectly highlights the reason I'm excited that we signed Zapater is like yeah. he is going to free up so much offensive power in our yeah. midfield yeah. that we just didn't have until this point because Absolutely. we just didn't have a six. Yep. And not only do we not have a six, we're bringing in like one of the probably the most experienced six in the entire league yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Be like being able to watch uh, uh, Bassett and Bahu sort of have free reign because mm. because grandpa's in the back. It's going to be nice. Oh, oh <laughs> you know what? People can talk about his age all they want. But I mean, I I have full confidence in El Toro to to bring us into the, into the future of ATO. Don Alberto. Um, yes. So I am very, very, very excited to see this. Uh, I love I love how he started to kind of blend into the social media scene with with our team too. I don't know if you saw the video of of him doing like you know keep this or that essentially keep uppies with this yeah. or that, and then at the very end they were like <laughs> they were like Atletico de Madrid or Real Madrid, and he's like Real Zaragoza, and Real I was like yes, I was like, let's go. I actually love it. Yeah. I said I said this in the group chat. It's probably probably the only player in our team that could get away with not saying Atletico Atletico Madrid. Madrid yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, because he's the he's the fabric of that of, right. of Real Zaragoza. I think Real um, Zaragoza. <laughs> so good, so good. Although it's always a text call, and he's like call. I'm like that is psychotic. You are clearly a bit older than everyone else on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, just, I was like, wow. Uh, I was like, Johnny and I get called old all the time, but I still, you know, don't want to have to talk to people on the phone. Exactly. Right? I'd still rather text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll hit you with this one. Yeah. I'm sure you'll talk with a new starting 11, which we kind of just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to note that Salter scored one and won the pen that Ollie scored in a performance that matched, I think, what we were hoping for from him, which we also talked about. Yeah. Well, Anthony Oral looked pretty good, particularly in one play around the 34th minute where he pressed hard on both Yates and Aparicio, brilliantly stealing the ball. Oh, man, you're going to play by play. Brilliantly stealing the ball and storming up the pitch. How do you see them fitting in, giving, given the new signings? Um, similar to the last one, but... Yeah, I mean, like we said, I think Salto should still start. I think it would be harsh to immediately replace him with the new guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Shaw maybe gets some rest from, you know, international du- duty can be pretty uh, taxing on the body. There's, you know, a lot of games in a little bit of time. So well, especially when the United States is in your group stage. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So um, I'm thinking that he probably rests and then we probably start Sammy again. Um, and then, you know, I would love to see that. I would love to see Salter start yeah. and then Del Campo sub in with like 20 minutes left. Yeah. I would love I, to see that. And speaking of Antonoro, I want to see him so much more. I thought he was great. Um, he was good. He was pretty good this game. I, he I needs, enjoyed watching him. 
he needs more minutes because it's like he has such a you can tell his football like he was off the charts um mm-hmm. it's just sometimes he make he he can make a little bit of a you know not a great pass and then lose it he's, and kind of give it away and things like he's that tw- but. he's 2022 zachariah behus that's what he is yeah but i mean he's faster yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, I and, and I would say I would say more powerful as well. I mean, to see him, you know, drive through defenders can sometimes be like, oh man, I, I didn't realize how young you were. That type of thing, yeah. you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, true enough, true no, enough. He's great. I'm stoked to have him for like two years. Um, I really want to see what he can do with more minutes for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, especially because Asti's minutes are going to cap out at a thousand once we're getting looking for under 21 minutes. So Antonero's going to have to pick up the slack there. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. you know, lots of lots of opportunity for Antonero to grow into his role. I think. Yeah. Um, this one's funny. Sammy Salter had a great day despite a gaffe at the near post. Do you think this is him going beast mode on BC opponents or is this him turning a corner? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, I like, uh, yeah, you're right. I guess he, he has had some two killer games against Vancouver and Pacific. Um, I think it's a, a bit of both. I think every player out on the pitch probably has a team that they play well against yeah just because you know obviously every player plays differently and plays a different style of 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 football um i think that both of these teams are particularly susceptible to sammy salter when he's playing well Mm -hmm. um however i do and i think i've said this once before already this season so maybe i shouldn't maybe i should shut up but i do think that maybe you know this is two out of three games that sammy's put up some some pretty impressive stats um and this was a game that i think we needed him to turn out for Mm -hmm. and he did Yep. So I I like I like the trajectory of Sam Salter. I'm really hoping that it continues. Um, he's still got you know a little bit of tweaking. I'm gonna call it you mm-hmm. know ducking on that on that corner and and a few kind of bonehead plays. Um, but overall, I think that maybe this is him turning a corner. Yep. Even if it's a little tiny corner, I mm-hmm. would like to see it. Agree. Agree. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this because that's where you are. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> This is an accident. Read this. Read this. Put, put my shame on the pod. This I, I totally copy pasted and, and put something that had nothing to do with ATO into the mailbag. Okay, Johnny. Do you know? I can't even read it. Do you know where it's possible to see the movie Asteroid City in English in Montreal? <laughs> I copy pasted all the mailbag. It's a valid question. It's a valid question. Mailbag questions along with a non-mailbag question that was just two friends having a conversation. <laughs> Well, you better answer it, Johnny. Where I do. It's Asteroid City in English. At Cinema du Parc, you can watch Asteroid City in English with French. There subtitles. you go. So there For you all, go. Of, all of our all of our fans out there in Montreal, if Jesus. you want to go watch Asteroid right. City, Cinema du Parc. Okay, here's a real one. <laughs> will Will. Uh, full disclosure, technical difficulties. I stopped recording for a bit there, so we're doing some of this over again. <laughs> so, Johnny, are rewinding 10 minutes of recording. All right, here we oh go. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Patty, <laughs> will the Debrian family show up at TD Place this Sunday, and how much noise will they make? Absolutely. They definitely will show up. Um, mm-hmm. It's one thing I love about the Debrian family, despite the fact that I think you're sad and I'm sad and everyone's sad that we didn't sign Matteo Debrian mm-hmm. uh, because I think we all thought it was going to happen. Yep. Um, I think it's awesome that his family shows up to the games when Valor's in town. Um, I fully expect them to definitely just be wearing the Valor jersey, wearing the Valor mm-hmm. scarves, cheering their son on. Um, but I also think it's really cool because they have kind of a bit of a special relationship with a team that uh, isn't their son's team, but is yep. the, the I'm going to call it the like descendant of, of, you know, the fury. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be there for sure. I think they're going to make a ton of noise. Mm-hmm. But also, I, you know, I think we all welcome them every week. 
that they show up to 2D place. I think they have no. they have a special place in all of our hearts, um, despite the fact that Mateo doesn't play for us. Yep, we love to see it. And you know what? They always bring a big crew too, because you can always hear them broadcast. Yeah. Um, and when they had Tony Mikael, they they used to bring a big crew as well. So. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We'll probably see and hear them a lot. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. I think. Uh, do you want to hit me with this one? Yeah, should Melvin get the start after two games where Ingham could be said to have cost us points, Salouf goal, and Niba own goal, or should we ride with Ingham a little more? Uh, I'm going to say that we should stick with Ingham. I think that, um, I, I, again, a couple, of, a couple of not great performances, a couple of savage mistakes, mm-hmm. but I do think that we should ride with, with Nate a little bit, especially after saving that penalty penalty. Yeah. I think it would have been a little more sus if we were going into the end of this game and he had given up the penalty uh, or had just not done that. But I think the fact that he did that really kind of gives him a little bit more momentum over Sean Melvin um, to, to start on the next game. Yeah, no, it's rough. I mean, like, I don't really want to make an answer to this because I clearly have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to keepers. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, bring him in immediately. And then, you know, and then has, you know, a couple not great games. So I'm just going to let the coach do what they're going to do. Yep. Yep. Let's go and do what they're going to do. I had this great bit earlier about how I was the foil to Patty and Patty was the regular Kermit and I was the Sith Kermit. Sith today. Kermit. Yeah. That was, <laughs> you, you, I'm sad that we can't share that with you, but essentially yeah. just imagine Johnny with the Sith hood on being like, no, we should start Melvin. We need to go back. Melvin should never have been cut. And he's watching from the sidelines being like, look what happens when you just drop me immediately after him comes back. So exactly. Exactly. Well, fifth, we're going to go 50, 50 on that one. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, hit me, hit me with this one. I like this one. What are the chances that Zapatero will become captain of ATO this season? Should he become captain given his experience? Oof. Um, I'm going to say, I, I don't think he will be captain this season. I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily fair to Carl and some of the other season players, you know, guys like Ingham or, or, um, or, um, Miguel Costa, guys that guys that have worn the captain armband and have kind of yeah. earned it through through their play and their experience with the team. Mm-hmm. Do I think he is captain material? Of course. I think yeah. that you know he's probably the highest profile signing this league has ever seen as far as experience goes. Yeah. Um, do I think he could be captain next year? I think so. I think that he could easily fill in that role um and, and do that job. Um, but at the same time, I don't think bringing a new player in and then immediately giving them the captain armband is is good for the morale out there on the pitch. Yeah. No, that's right, right? I mean, then you have to go tell the current captains, like, all right, listen, sorry, new guy, new guy's taken over now. Even I mean, I, he's been I, I, here I mean again, unless, unless, you're, unless, you're, unless you're messy and you're coming into the Inter-Miami last place in the MLS team, and then maybe a captain change is probably due. <laughs> and then you demand it. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I agree. I think, I think that the captain hierarchy probably, st- uh, at least not first captain. I mean, you know, if, if first cap's not there and then we need a vice cap and our regular vice yeah, caps yeah. aren't there, then that's yeah, fair. he could be know in the structure of it but generally i like the idea of promoting between seasons and only once sort of other captains go away type of dealio yep i would agree with that um all right i'm gonna hit you with this one here we go we generally seem to play well uh, away to pacific which i think in brackets Mm -hmm. has a smaller field than most of the league do you think a smaller pitch suits our counter-attacking system and if so can we shrink lansdowne turf into something more suitable (laughs) yes so (laughs) can we put our fingers on the scale to make us play better at home (laughs) <laughs> yes. So um, obviously having a smaller pitch makes it easier to defend. 
Yeah. And if we're going to be playing a tight defensive game, especially when we play like such a compact defense. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we want to make the field easier to cover, we don't want to be giving them spaces to come in behind us. So yeah, maybe we should be taking advantage of that. Pacific has a small <laughs> pitch. We do well there. Halifax has a small pitch last season. We won every game. We went there. Um, we should be sort, you know, we should be cluing in on this and using it to our advantage. You know, we have every right to change the dimensions within the laws of the game to make the pitch as big or small as we want it to be. Yeah. So, so if you're listening, groundskeepers of TD Place, please, yeah. the next time you chalk the lines, make it slightly smaller for us, and then just make it smaller every time we play. Yeah. And by the time we make the playoffs, <laughs> our field, our pitch will be tiny, and we'll be super good at defending. <laughs> We'll be playing on a futsal court. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, has Neba redeemed himself for his stinker against Forge, or is he still in the doghouse? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I caught a bit of heat on Twitter from people about, you know, grinding Neba out a little bit in the last game. Yeah. I personally, again, this is my own personal opinion as a co-host of this podcast, I think that he, he deserved a little bit of it, actually most mm-hmm. of it. Um, do I think he's redeemed himself? He put up a good game. I think that he had a, a fairly good performance against this team. Um, and I think that he helped us salvage a, a, a point from coming away from Starlight. Yeah. Um, so I n- wouldn't necessarily say that he's fully out of the dog. Like I would, I would put him in like, he's in the backyard. He's out of yeah. the doghouse, but he's not back in the house of ATO yet. Um, so I, I would kind of just put him there for now. Um, and we'll see how his performances look going forward. Yeah, a couple, a couple more of those then, obviously. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we haven't really known him to be totally consistent. So, with with Miguel returning to the back line, it's possible that we just use him as rotation with Tiso, depending on if we need a defensive left back or an attacking left back. So, that might sort of be more his, his speed. You know, maybe he can last longer um, rather than, you know, starting two games and then getting injured type of dealio. So, yeah. no, I like him in that, uh, in that rotation role, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> this one's silly. <laughs> Obviously, the big news is that we signed Alberto Zapater, and Zapater appears to translate to shoemaker, which makes it basically the same as Schumacher. So, is Alberto <laughs> best compared to Michael, Mick, or Ralph Schumacher? Formula One stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, full disclosure, I don't think Johnny follows Formula One at all. I do not. I know nothing about this. That's why I'm asking you. Um, I know a little bit just just from what I've seen in passing. I watched a bit of Drive to Drive to Survive, the, the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of my friends got into Formula One recently. I would probably say he is Michael Schumacher. I'm going to put him as the most famous and experienced of the Schumachers. For those of you that aren't F1 uh, fans, Rolf Schumacher is his brother. Um, n- not as, you know, crazy popular or famous um and uh mick is his son um so i would say it's michael by virtue of the fact that i'm pretty sure he's also the oldest yeah uh, and i mean like even though i said i don't (laughs) i obviously i don't know anything about formula one i know who michael schumacher is i grew up in the 90s i grew up in the 90s i'm not i didn't live under a rock so i'm (laughs) i'm just gonna pick him too because he's the he's the only one i know exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great i wish whoever wrote this question i wish we could give you more background but that's the best yeah. we can do yeah <laughs> well, that's the best we could do on a football podcast for the yeah, canadian exactly. premier league exactly <laughs> it's uh, true. all right i'm gonna get you with this one uh okay. which player could or would you compare to a dog breed 
and is any better than Espeo and a golden retriever? <laughs> I think Espeo being a golden retriever is like the one and only answer to this question. Um, it's perfect. Who I doesn't love, love this guy? He loves everybody. He just hard, hard golden retriever energy coming from that kid yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other one I might do is that Ollie Bassett is a Bassett. Oh, of course he would. He's an, <laughs> he's obviously a Bassett. Oh, God. Go uh, home, so, Johnny. Go home. Yeah, womp womp. Um, by the way, the theme of this credit is because the next game is is a dog. Game. Oh, yeah, it's Toonie Hot theme. Dog. It's Toonie Hot Dog Day or whatever. Toonie yeah. Hot Dog Day. So it's dog-themed yeah. questions here. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, so on that note, name three players in the CPL whose bark is way worse than their bite. Ooh. Um... <sighs> Josh Hurd. I'm going to start with Josh Hurd. They um, just played with one. Yeah, 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 they did. Um, Josh Hurd is a player that talks a big game, but I don't think is good enough to play in any, really any higher league than the Canadian Premier League, even mm. though he pretends that he does. Um, so I would say he's, he, and I mean, he showed it this this game by absolutely just completely shooting the bet on that penalty kick. Yep. Um, I would say him. Um I know Escalante is not with the league anymore, or is he? We're not sure what happened. Or is he? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. For anyone that's, that hasn't been on Twitter or like seen what hap- the, the drama that's happening with the cavalry right now. So yeah. um, Escalante ha- had pictures posted of him signing with the, with the club uh, back in, um, in Honduras. Uh, in Honduras. Yeah. And then immediately after that, Cavalry posted a thing saying that he's still with Cavalry. So <laughs> we're not really sure. I think he's gone. But either way, I always I always thought his bark was worse than his bite. Plus, he just, oh man, he's so bad. He's so bad at diving. Um, so well, we have the we have the famous gif that we always use, right? <laughs> yeah, and the one like, race. <laughs> so good, so good, simu- so good. Simulating his dive in front of the ref while being shown a yellow card. No, it's yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know he's a villain. Bark worse than the bite. Yeah, um, yeah. I love that Calvary, and then subsequently the league also retweeted their message because it makes both the, the team and the league look bad when your players just <laughs> sign elsewhere before you've officially released them in any capacity. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. I think it's the funniest thing. And then outside of the transfer window situation where you can't even immediately bring in a replacement, so it just it do, it looks pretty bush league. So yep, yeah, yeah. So I would I would say uh, yeah, the, those two for sure. Um, do you have anybody that's like definitely like up there for you? I think those are the biggest ones. And Josh Hurd, I would continue to say just because I, I hate that dude for oh, you know, sucks, his, 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 go- his goal against us at home last season when he when he handballed it and then still scored it. And we ended up getting the drawback. But yeah. yeah. And also, he just he just sucks um, like like sucks a lot. Um, I would also maybe <laughs> again, I don't, I don't want to rag on Pacific, even though we just played that. I do. But, I but, do. <laughs> but but I would maybe also put. Uh, yeah, I would maybe, maybe Gennaro put, Daniels. Maybe Gennaro Daniels. Luke. Yeah, Data Luke. I would put Data Luke on Every, there everyone that ran band. in front of the dub during the four <laughs> one win. I'm gonna put them on it. Yeah, they all suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There you go. There's too much bark and not enough bite um, for go. those players as well. Yeah. So Man, what a, that was a mailbag. Whew. That was a good mailbag. Yeah. Nice and heavy. Especially because we, we got to again. do the second half twice. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yes, watch party was good. Obviously, it was bumping because high drama drama game. Yep. Um, talking about watch parties, I wish I could advertise the, the, the third group stage Gold Cup watch party, but I can't because it's tonight as we're recording it. So yep. by the time you're listening to this, you'll know if there will be more. You'll know if we've made the group stage or not. Um, true. True. And if we do, uh, there will obviously be more because yep. sorry, if, uh, we've made, if we made the knockout stage or not. Um, true true next match we got valor at home next match is valor at home sunday july 9th 
What do you? How are you feeling about that? Um, I'm honestly feeling good. I think that that Valor's not on the best, um, kick right now as far as matches go. Um, they're on what like three, three, three wins, two losses type deal. Um, so they have scored their joint fewest goals in the league. Oh no, two, three losses and two wins in the last five games. So they've scored the joint fewest, but they've also conceded the joint fewest. So just not a lot of stuff happens in their games. No, but I also think that's the 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 big the big part of that is the fact that I don't think that that Valor necessarily has really any offensive power at all. No, exactly. Sorry, they um, conceded the second fewest. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're kind of a bit like us last season, where they have a very strong defensive core. Mm-hmm. They have a, a, a decent midfield. I mean, they've got Gutierrez in the midfield. Yeah, um, yeah he's a player and, and, and the, yeah, and then they have you know a couple of good players that can generate some kind of offense. Guys like Niangabare or or um, or obviously Matteo de Brienne. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't think that they have the power to overcome our defense, especially if our defense is playing like they did in this match. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see it even at home, even even though at home puts us at a disadvantage in Ottawa for the most part. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> um, yeah. If we can talk about one of the other times that Valor came to town last season. Uh, we can we not talk about, ever but, talk about that? Yeah. I was at that game and it was just not fun for anybody involved. Yeah. But um, I mean, we're scoring more than last season. We are. So. Yes, that's true. If we can put up a defensive masterclass like we did against Pacific um, and, you know, not let in corners and mm-hmm. score more, I, that sounds really basic, but yeah, I think, I think we <laughs> can do like, it. we just need to score more goals and get scored on less and, and get we scored can on games. less and then we'll <laughs> the, be fine. The John Madden of <laughs> soccer, Johnny <laughs> MacArthur. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. No, but I think yeah. it's for the taking. I think we agreed. can do it. Agreed. I'm feeling agreed. confident. Yeah. Um, so, yes, you want to be there. You want to be there live in the dub. Click on the W ticket link True. on our website, capitalcitysupporters.com. Um, speaking of on our website, our Pride Razor campaign for the past yes. month, for the month of June for Kind huge Space. Huge success. Was a huge success. We raised yep. over $1,200, scoring nine goals. Nine goals in a month. I don't think we've ever done that in our history. So, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, we've sc- so, like, we scored five successful. goals in our last two games alone. Plus, then there was, yeah, no, crazy stuff. Um, yep. the, the four, three against forge was peak allyship from both teams. So yeah, out everyone's like, all right, we all got to work together to raise money. <laughs> shouts out to all y'all for that one. Um, hot stove. You were on yes. the last one. I listened to the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I joined in from the, uh, from the airport in Riga. It was four in the morning and I was trying to catch my flight to England and I was like, Oh, the hot stove's on. So I just jumped on. I was able to get involved, chat about the game. Um, you know, talk about my prediction, which I think was similar to everyone's prediction. Yep. Not a which win. Which was which was not a win. <laughs> a lot of lot of lot of lot of loss predictions, including mine. I said I think I said two one loss. Yeah. Um but there were some draws, so a couple of people, you know, had the right idea. They had the faith. Um, but yeah, no did. wins. And just hearing hearing Eddie go through the ranks and asking everyone what their predictions was, he's definitely getting more and more deflated each time. Like, all right. No <laughs> one's excited lost, for this, lost, are they? Lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did, it, we, did it. Not sh- we did it we did it we're not uh it's either gonna be friday or saturday not sure we'll get as usual we'll get the details closer to the day so tune in if you're available um also keep watch for the uh writer shed content patty gibson with the player ranking articles are always great ben ralph with the forward press are always great uh, megan wiper with the footy 101 series um as always we've got new designs in the shop we have a hot new design that's selling like hot cakes it says uh, a little cartoon of wally on the back and on the front says i just came for the t-rex <laughs> <laughs> such a good design <laughs> it's fantastic I'm telling you everyone loves wally 
Yeah, Wally well. is Wally is a popular character in in CCSG slash ATO lore, and I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, Patty, better better mood this week than last week. Be- much That's better sure. mood this week than last. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all kind of looking forward to a, to a good good solid match this weekend. Yep. Um, I, I'm I'm hoping that all of you guys get out uh, and represent the dub. You know, do what we do every week when we have home games. Yep. Um, do pre drinks at the GCP, post drinks at the GCP, regardless Absolutely. of the result. Yep. But it'll be a win, so you'll be able to celebrate. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm 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 confident, especially with these new signings. I think it, I think we're going to see some magic on the weekend. Yeah, we need a good turnout because the boys have been on the road for a while. They've had a couple of tough games, um, and we got some debuts coming. So everyone, make sure that you show up. If there's one game you want to be, uh, it's gonna be this, this is the one. Vamos at Letty. Yeah, Vamos at Letty.